Now, usually on the first January of the new year, we do an anointing service. Has anyone been to those before? Anointing services, a couple of you? Yes, excellent. And usually we would get the church down and we would pray and we would anoint you with oil and we would bless you. But, you know, it's just going to be a little bit different this year. That's okay. We can still bless you and anoint you. God's spirit moves in so many different ways, doesn't it? So I might get Pastor Timothy up and we're just going to go over a few things to bless you for this year. I feel like I'm in like an 80s Michael Jackson film clip, you know? I'm just wondering what's going to happen if we have to go to like full hazmat suits, you know? Like, uh, I, I want to see that, you know, that's, that sounds kind of exciting. Yeah, so today's our uh, anointing service and um, it's also the commencement of the INC movement-wide fast. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I put here, I hope you've come in hungry, but that's a bit mean, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but yeah, hungry in the spirit. Um, yeah, so we'd normally get you up and we'd anoint you with oil. Uh, but given the COVID restrictions, instead, this is how we're going to do things today. Um, so Pastor Jason has prepared a short video. Uh, he's prepared his 2021 blessing. Um, and so we're going to show the video first. And then I'm going to get uh, the leadership team up to come and pray uh, we're going to lay hands on the blessing. Um, we've printed it out for you. Um, and we've put magnets on it so that it can be attached to your fridge, um, present in your home. Um, and then we're going to pray over that. And then they're going to hand that out to each of you. Um, and then from there, Pastor Shree and I are going to read out the blessing over the church. And then I'm going to invite the leadership team out once more time. And then we're just going to um, all stand to our feet and we're going to pray um, over you. So that's how we're going to do it today. So without further ado, um, can we please roll the video? Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021 City Church family. Uh, just a shout out to our Nara family, our MacArthur family, and our Batemans Bay family. And I trust you have great faith for the new year to come. This year at City Church, we are focusing on Jesus. Forever Jesus is our heart. And, and today in our anointing services, you're gonna, your pastors are going to be taking you through the blessing. And I encourage you to open your heart. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the last year has been uh, different for all of us, of course. Um, and what happens in life is we have a rhythm. We all have a rhythm. Our churches have a rhythm, our marriages, our families, each individual person has a rhythm, our businesses. And when things take place that are out of rhythm, it can throw us a little bit. And when these things take place, oftentimes it shows us what our foundations are and if there are any shaky points in our foundations. And so we want to make sure after the experience of last year, what really stood out to me as your pastor is that we have, we have good people in our churches and we have great God who we serve. And, and we have to make sure that Jesus is the center and the foundation of everything that we do. Because when everything else changes, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. The reason why is because He's perfect. We change, 
because we're not perfect and we're always growing from glory to glory, from strength to strength. But Jesus is perfect. And so he's an anchor. He's someone you can rely on. God is someone you can lean on, you can anchor your life to. And so this year we are re-establishing our anchor and our foundation in Jesus. Forever Jesus, because Jesus never changes. And so I encourage you as your pastors, read out the blessing to you this year in each location that you open your heart as we pray and we believe God for great things, that you receive the power of the Holy Spirit as we share today in our anointing services. Love you very much. Uh, of course, we're here uh, today, Michelle and I are here in Nowra. And, uh, and of course, we're going to visit very soon Batemans Bay and MacArthur in uh, January or February. Come and visit you and encourage you along the way. But I am so excited for this year. Remember this, serving is not our foundation. People and social you know, relationships is not our foundation when it comes to church. It's Jesus. Jesus is a sure foundation. So open your heart and believe for great things. Lord, bless City Church, every location, every member, every pastor, and every leader, every connect group leader in particular. Bless them, Father God, in 2020. Let your anointing and your presence rest upon our churches and our church family to grow stronger together. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and enjoy the service. Woo, such a good word, wow. And I think if anything this year, with the church being stripped back a few times and things changing, we're really starting to hone in on who Jesus is. And that's the real point of it all, isn't it? It's just Jesus. So forever Jesus. You can see our posters up there to remind us forever Jesus. That's what year's, this year's word and theme is. So I love those two words. <laughs> like the moment I heard it, forever Jesus, like uh, something in, within me leapt. It just seems so right to me to declare that over 2021 and in wake of what we've experienced this year. I also just want to share with you the importance of a blessing. Uh, so a blessing is like uh, a favor on someone. And the scripture actually likens it at times akin to, say, your inheritance. Uh, there's examples in the Old Testament where someone's the, the father gave a blessing on someone and they actually no longer took the rights of the younger son who was to not receive the inheritance. They actually became, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of man, they became like the eldest son, like the inheritance and like the blessing became theirs. So a blessing is a significant thing. A blessing uh, in the spirit realm, for those that, are, uh, that know a bit about, uh, have read their Bible and know about the spirit, in the spirit realm, each of every one of us here today has a spirit. But a spirit is also not bound to the flesh as well. There can be a spirit over a church, a spirit over an entire nation. And if you would like more information about that, grab me because there's so much scripture around all of these things. And so today, as we give this blessing, it is to you as an individual and it is to us as City Church as a whole. Does that sound good? Make sense? Great. Okay, now I'd like to invite uh, Pastor Steve and Sandy and um, Joel and Kalina. If you can come up. We are just going to lay our hands over these, um, over these blessings. So if we can each just grab a section of. Now, Pastor Jason had so much faith for this, um, and he was really insistent that we lay hands on these blessings because he saw it as, as like when Paul in the New Testament, so full of faith were the people that he could pray over even a cloth and, the, and a blessing and healing would flow from that cloth. And so it's with that same faith that I'm going to get to you to close your eyes where you are because we're just going to pray 
over, um, Pastor Sheree might lead us in a prayer over these blessings. Father God, we just pray anointing and blessing over these these, they're simple pieces of paper, God, but they, from it is going to flow change and transformation in the lives of our church, Father God. Protection from the attacks of the enemy, Father God, this year. Father God, a, an awakening of spiritual giftings upon them, Father God, this year. This blessing will sit in your fridges and your homes and will be a reminder of God's promises to you this year, church. When you tend to forget and you slip into depression or anxiety, you look at that blessings and you speak the promises of God over your homes, over your lives, over your families, over your workplaces. Father God, do your work over this today, Father. Thank you, Jesus. A blessing, anoint these, Father God. Father God, we thank you. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, we thank you for the your openness, open heavens upon this church. And Father, as we're praying, Lord, over this, Father, over these pamphlets, Lord, let your anointing, God, rest upon it, Lord. Father, that, that will, you will reveal, Lord, in everyone's heart, Lord God, to, to who Jesus is. And Father, we thank you that this ear will be a powerful ear. A ear to walk in anointing and the power of God, to see your hand move mightily upon every individual in the lives of your people. And Father, we thank you for your anointing over this pamphlet today Amen. in Jesus' name. Okay, now, Pastor Cherie and I are going to uh, read this out and we'll invite you to follow along. Uh, we'll invite you to follow along with us. And we get a chair too. Ah, very nice. <laughs> okay, so Forever Jesus. And this is the, our City Church Blessing for 2021. And it's from our pastors to every member. No matter the change around us, Jesus remains the same within Amen. us. The perfect pillar to anchor our life on. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This year, make Jesus your yesterday anchor, your today anchor, and your forever anchor. In 2021, make Jesus your yesterday anchor. This year, we speak health, healing, and wholeness into your body, soul, and spirit as you fully trust in Jesus. Any burdens, hurts, insecurities, or sicknesses that tried to hold you down in the previous years will this year turn into triumphant testimonies. Amen. Glorifying the power of Jesus at work in your life. Painful wounds from yesterday will heal and the scars will remind you of the grace and the goodness of God as you move forward this year with joy and strength, firmly anchored in Christ. Psalms 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. In 2021, make Jesus your today anchor. This year we speak strength, life, joy, and great contentment in your daily journey through any tasks and commitments that lay before you as you fully trust in Jesus. Come on. We pray that God's enabling power will continually be infused into every part of your life and relationships as you surrender to Christ any unnecessary stresses or worries and you walk in confidence in the grace that He has given you. 
as you are intentional and placing Jesus at the center of your focus and the anchor of your everyday life, he will willingly carry the burdens that you, that you, that you used to take responsibility for and to free you up to experience the most productive and fulfilling year of your life. Yes, please, God. That sounds great. <laughs> Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, and the last one. In 2021, make Jesus your forever anchor. This year, we speak heaven's purpose over your life to be reignited deep within your heart with a great refreshing vision, dreams, and a hope for your future to come alive within you as you fully trust in Jesus. As you see the wonder and power of Christ working mightily in your yesterday and your today, you will rise up with great faith in what God will do in your tomorrow. Amen. Your firmly anchored faith in Jesus will strengthen your resolve in the tough times. I need it. Amen. And fill you with an unshakable joy and consistency through all circumstances. Your testimony to others will hold more influence as the authentic nature of your faith in God will be undeniable to all who come across your path this year. Wow. Wow. Matthew 6.13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And at the bottom, it says, at City Church, we're committed to multiplying authentic Christians who are anchored in Christ. And hopefully you already had that sense for us. And I'll say it again, forever Jesus. Forever Jesus. Amen. Okay, so stand to your feet. I'll invite Steve, Sandy, and Joel up once more. This time, we're just going to uh, pray over the church as a whole. So wherever you are, if you like, you can just close your eyes uh, or you can lift your hands if you would like. If you'd like, you can hold on to that blessing. I'm going to be holding on to it. And I'm just going to lead um, this team in just thank praying you. over thank you, okay? Jesus. Lord, we just, we thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we know, yes, that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God. And we're, we're so used to change at this point, God, but we know that you never change, God. And that is such a comfort and such a strength and such an authority. And so, God, it's with that authority, Lord, that we just bless this church, Father. And we bless their testimonies, Father. And uh, in spite of it all, Lord, may this year be a breakthrough year, Father. And may there be faith in this place for transformation in the homes, Father. And every time they look to this blessing, Lord, may it refresh their souls, especially in times of need, Father. And may it prophesy to their hope and to their future, God. And may they cling to that and may they continue to believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo. Amen. Awesome. The kids can move out to Kids Church now. And thank, thank you, so you everybody. Thank I'll you get so you to much. grab a seat. I find forever Jesus such a timely word. I'll say, I'll say that again. It's just like, it's so easy to take your eyes off Jesus. You know, even in a church environment, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll read Christian books or I'll, 
I'll watch someone else preach. And sometimes I'll get to the end and I'll say, I didn't hear the name of Jesus. And I know that within the church, you know, it's hard to say anything without it circling back to Jesus. And yet I still love to hear the name of Jesus proclaimed. There's something about that. Forever Jesus. That's great for 2021. Let's just hold on to him through the storm. See, this statement, Forever Jesus, uh, over the last, uh, I've been doing a mini-series on vision. And this statement, Forever, Forever Jesus, I think we'd all agree, would be the foundation of our faith. Uh, what other foundation could there possibly be? What other foundation could survive the trials? Forever Jesus is the foundation of our faith. And it's why we do what we do. But for today's preach, I wanted to shift the focus a little, and I wanted to move from church vision to the vision in your home. And I was going to do a big spiel. I, I wrote this sermon, you know, back the front and inside out. I wrote it so many different times. Uh, but I really wanted to make it practical. I wanted to make it handy for you. I wanted to be able to give you something to take home with you today. But I'll say anyway that the first thing I came to when I was writing this sermon, the first thing that, that came across my heart was the character of Abram, the father character. God had promised him that he would be the father of many nations. And spiritually, he is the father of us here, the church. And... The thing is, though, when, when God came to set his contract with Abraham, see, God loves to establish vision. He even establishes covenants and contracts where he makes a promise that he will never break. And one of the fascinating things I found out is that when it came time to sign that contract, normally two people would sign a contract. But when God signs the contract, he signs on his line and he signs on your line because he is just that faithful and there's no other name that can hold true but the name of Jesus. But the thing that I loved about when, God, when it came time for God to sign this contract with Abram, who had a father heart, who just wanted to have a family, just bless his family. And God came to Abraham and he said, he said, I will be your shield and I will be your treasure. And Abram, he, he responded with something that I found uh, most curious. He said something to the effect of, that's great, God, but what about my family? What use is the shield? What use is the treasure if there's no one to inherit these things from me? He had a big picture thinking. You know, sometimes we as the church, we can't, uh, we can't, you know, God can say to us, I, I like what Abram said. That's what I'm getting at here. We as the church, you know, God can say, I will be your shield and treasure. And that's great for us. But we need that big picture vision. We need to say, yes, but what about our children? What about the next generation? What about the legacy? What about our homes? You know, forever Jesus in the church is great. But what about forever Jesus in our homes? What if somehow our salvation could be the main, our primary inheritance that we give to our children? That's what excites me. That's what I'm excited about. I believe that the home is where the church hits the road. That's what I believe. Last week, I preached a sermon on eerie visions 
today, this feels a bit eerie, looking out at a bunch of masked faces. <laughs> There's another eerie vision. And I preached on 2020 reflections and the most curious image of seeing out your ear. But that was so 2020, am I right? And today is 2021. And we have moved from a season of celebration and of reflection to one now of planning and of resolution. Likewise, in today's uh, sermon, we're going to be moving from our ear to our hand. I said it was going to be handy. There's my dad joke. And we're going to be moving from listening to action. And I'll be drawing from two verses in the book of Habakkuk, uh, some very practical tools to assist you and your family with writing your own personal vision statement. Okay, so show of hands, who has a family vision statement? There's a few like maybes. Okay, great. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for vision, Lord. Lord, uh, forgive us for being like Abraham, God, and for saying, can we not only have that in the church, Father, but can we have it in our homes? Can we not only have the shield and the treasure, God, but can we also bless our children and can we create a legacy, Father? Help us, God, to be able to hear your word today, Lord, and not only to hear it, but to move it to our hand and to apply it. Amen. So Habakkuk 2.1 is the first verse we will be looking at. And it says this, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. And what answer I am to give to this complaint. Now I'm going to really, we're going to really be expanding the brackets on this. I'm going to take these gloves off. That's better. I will stand at my watch. That's the first thing we're going to be unpacking. See, Habakkuk knew his position. Habakkuk knew where to stand. We're going to be unpacking every word of this. This is good stuff. He knew what he, who he was, he knew what his role was, and he stood for something. So many people stand for nothing. Habakkuk stood for something. He was not sitting. He was not chillaxing. He was not relaxing. He was not sleeping. Habakkuk was vigilantly standing. And not just standing, but watching. So disciplined was he in this habit of watching, he'd become known for it. This was not any watch that we are talking about. This was Habakkuk's watch. You know, the passers-by, see that spot? That's Habakkuk's watch. You know, it gets named after you. He was known for this. And so my first question, where's your watch? Next verse. And station myself on the ramparts. Ah, things are ramping up. Ah, Where's Andre when you need him, man? He, he loves all these dad jokes. A rampart is a fortified wall around a city. See, like our homes and our families that matter so much to us, don't they? Just like that, Habakkuk had things that he valued, things he wanted to protect. 
So he established healthy boundaries. He established safe walls. He had prepared a defense. And what I've, I find is like uh, something that's poignant here about the rampart, this word rampart, is that not only uh, does it provide a defense, but the defense elevates his vision. Because he had prepared a defense, he could now see further. Because he had prepared a defense, because he had stationed himself on the rampart, he was now prepared for what was going to come at him. See, Habakkuk is not just keeping a watch. He is also keeping guard with the vigilance and the discipline of a soldier. That's, this is what he is doing. And, and why keep a guard? Why station yourself on a rampart unless you expect an attack? We must, we should be vigilant in our relationship with God. I can tell you at some point, you are going to be attacked by the enemy. There is an enemy. The enemy wants to see you in hell. You are going to be attacked at some point. But don't fear. Because expecting the attack is the first way to be prepared and to put up your defense. See, what I love about this, I'll read the verse again. It says, and station myself on the ramparts. See, this world fights for station. It fights for position. It fights for class. But those with a calling, they station themselves. He stationed himself on the rampart. He wasn't told by a leader. He wasn't told by a boss. He wasn't even told by God. He knew the character of God and he stationed himself. He knew that he had something worth protecting. He stationed himself. I would love to see that enthusiasm and that discipline within the church. I would love, you know, I would not feel offended because I do not need to micromanage every little thing. I'm not like that. I would love to see this conviction to station ourselves. If you see a need, you don't need to ask, hey, can I vacuum up those crumbs? <laughs> it's just, if they're there, that's a need. It needs doing. Let's station ourselves. That would be, I would love to be part of a church like that, where we see the need and we station ourselves to that need. See, Habakkuk was so convicted of his values that's why he did this. He was so convicted of his values, he didn't wait for the order, the sermon, or the commission. He stationed his own self. And so I ask you, I believe that our values are what will drive us to action. And so I ask you, what are your values? And that's something that only you can answer. What are your values? What is going to drive you to station yourself for God? Next verse, I will look to see what he will say to me. Aha, We've, we're solving this mystery. See, we knew that the prophet watches and then now we're seeing what Habakkuk watches for. Habakkuk is looking for God. And I think it's worth noting here that he's not looking within. See, our, our homes and our values, they are worth protecting, yes. But our identities, our families, and our culture, those things are not God. No, no. 
If those things were God, then Habakkuk wouldn't need to watch out. (laughs) To watch out. I just got that. He didn't need to look in. He was looking out for God. He was excited about God. And Habakkuk establishes his vision outside himself. And also, I might add, in a most curious way, because I don't know if you saw the way that was worded. It says, I will look to see what he will say. How do you see what someone says? Do you go to a a watch to hear? You go to a watch to watch. How do you see what someone says? So in keeping with last week's sermon, here again we see this curious contest between the eye and the ear. He went to watch, but in that process of establishing his vision, he was listening to God. The word of God is not spoken. It is not read. It is lived. It can be spoken. It can be read, but it is always lived. It establishes reality. God's words and his actions are so perfectly aligned, they're one and the same. God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. When God speaks, action happens. His word is not like our word. His word is unchangeable. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is no space between word and action for God, for hypocrisy to set itself in. His yes is his yes all the time. God's word is a living word. And I believe that's why also in our efforts to follow God, to be like God, our vision must move from our ear to our hand. We must move from listening to action. What point is there for our faith and our hope and all of our blessings that we have received to stay within ourselves? That's not the character of God. Our God is, is uh, the jar that keeps on pouring. <laughs> our God is the God that wants to share. And we are to be like him. I love too this. I want you to note this about this scripture. It's Habakkuk has absolutely no doubt that if he is to seek God, that he will find him. It says, I will look to see what he, he will say to me. It's not, I will look to see if he might rock up. Because that's how generous God is. Not only with what he gifts, but with his time, with his person. If you watch for him, if you listen for him, if you are disciplined and you seek him, if you station yourself and you seek him, you will find him. It's to the point where someone's saying, if if someone doesn't know where God is, you've got to concern yourself because it's like, are you really looking? A lot of people will say, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have established a relationship with my kids. It's too late. I couldn't have saved my wife. It's too late. And you say to them, well, what have you done? You just ask a simple question. What have you done to date? And as you unpack it, you realize that sometimes people have done nothing. And I felt this burden uh, for me that sometimes when we don't know what to do, we just do nothing. And that's what vision's all about. It's about doing something. That's the first step to something great. Do something. (laughs) 
if we could have the faith of Habakkuk to be disciplined ourselves, to look out for God, God will rock up. I don't have a doubt that God will rock up. I do have a doubt that I will rock up. You know what I'm saying? So let's rock up. Let's set ourselves on the watch and let's see what God's going to do. So this is, this is the next verse and it says, And what answer I am to give to this complaint? Habakkuk had stationed himself, but he still answered to God. That's what that verse says. In a most profound way, Habakkuk knew that the true test of his defenses was not the enemy, but it was our good God. Because God is so big and is so powerful that if our defenses, if our justifications for our motivations, if our values can survive the scrutiny of God, there is no enemy on earth. There is no force in hell that can shake us. God's so big. Habakkuk may have diligently prepared his defenses, He was such a good guy, such a faithful guy. But unlike most people who have an answer for everything, Habakkuk refused to prepare an answer. Why do you think that was? He was so prepared. He was so disciplined. He was so faithful. Surely he wouldn't have made a mistake at this point to have an answer for his actions. So why, why had he not prepared an answer? Because Habakkuk's vision yielded to God. That's why. See, God's word was going to determine his answer. See, I will see what he will say to me and what answer I am going to give to him. He didn't know what answer he was going to give. He didn't know where the cracks lay in the defenses. He was relying on the word of God to shake his very being. He knew that God was so much bigger, so much better than him, that to encounter God was going to reveal those cracks and was going to answer the problems he had. His answer was determined by God's word. That's, what if our, if our life is a question, could God's word be the answer, please? <laughs> His answer was determined by God's word. I believe that when we, when we live this way, God's answer is going, it will test and it will strengthen our defense and it will extend our vision. Okay, Habakkuk 2.2. 2. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. And I'm going to extrapolate from this verse five really practical tools to help you establish vision individually or for your home. Point number one, seek God's revelation. We've already talked about the nature of Habakkuk, the discipline of him because of who he was, because of how he lived He was watching. He was seeking. And here we see, write down the revelation. What is there to write down unless you receive the revelation? See, post-Eden, all mankind is actually born dead and blind, spiritually. You are spiritually, you are not born spiritually seeing. You are born spiritually blind. 
And so there can be no revelation. There can be no true vision without first receiving a revelation. Without first receiving a resurrection, there can be no true vision because the spirit is true. The flesh will trick us. The flesh is fallen. The spirit is true. There can be no true vision without revelation. And there can be no revelation without first seeking God. God's answer to Habakkuk's watch was to give him revelation. God is infinite. He cares for you as an individual and he wants to give you a revelation. The revelation he gives to me and to my family, it's going to be different to you and your family because God's infinite and he's creative. Here's an interesting piece of scripture for you. Amos 3, 7. For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets, you and I. I love this scripture. People think God is secretive. And yes, he is mysterious. But for those that watch, it says, this scripture says, oh, it's not up there. This scripture says, the Lord God does nothing, not one thing, without sharing. Oh, I can't even imagine what that would be like if we as the church were to follow Jesus like that. That we were to do not one thing without sharing. Share the blessing. Don't hide it under a bushel. Don't have that Jesus just for yourself. Is this is sharing, 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 knowing that our infinite God's going to keep pouring it out. So seek God's revelation. Number two, write it down. That's what it says. Habakkuk 2, 2. Write down the revelation. Really clear. When God speaks to you through nature, opportunities, revelations, visions, dreams, words of knowledge, prophecy, do you write it down? I'm sure that for each of you, this convicts me too, I'm sure that for each of you, there is words spoken over your life that you never wrote down, that you trusted to your memory. Write it down. <laughs> if you value God's word, if you value the Holy Spirit's movement in your life enough to not lose it, write it down. Precious things are kept in the bank. You don't keep all your money in your house, do you? Because it's not safe enough. You know, is the word of God more valuable to you than those things? Write it down. Keep it somewhere safe. It's precious. And again, I will ask you this. What use is there of speaking to the ear if it never moves to the hand? What use? If God speaks to you and it never translates to action, how long will he continue speaking to you for? That's just logic i got to tell you, at work, for me, when someone rocks up to a meeting without a pen and a notepad, I just assume the meeting is a complete waste of time. Because my experience has taught me that they're not going to remember half of what is discussed and there's going to be no accountability. And I'm sure to the God that knows so much more than me, I'm sure that he knows that far better than I. Conversely, I want to just talk about the character of God again. None of us would be here today if God hadn't role modeled to us writing down the Bible for you. We have letters from God. He wrote it for you. And since God saw fit to write out his vision to us, his children, stands to reason that we too should write out our vision of our homes to our children. 
writing down the vision of your home, it will establish a shared expectation. Kids don't, they don't, they're not in your head. They don't know what your expectation is. And you can't go getting cranky at them if you've never shared your expectation. I mean, we, we talked at the start. So many families don't even have the vision statement. How are kids to know how they should live? And we say, go read your Bibles. But that's very hard for a child. A child's faith begins in the home. It begins mediated by the parent's faith. If we're going to uh, make our inheritance, our salvation, then we need to find a way to gift it to them early. Write down the vision of your home. It will establish shared expectations, values, and accountability, and it defends against hypocrisy because hypocrisy betrays your child's trust in you. And with a parent or a leader as an example of God himself, it can damage their relationship with Jesus and the church as well. I've seen it time and time again. Point number three. Make it plain, Habakkuk 2.2, 2, make it plain. For all the 66 books of the Bible, the five books of the law, there are only 10 commandments that were handwritten by God himself. Just 10 simple things. In writing down your vision, do not multiply your words, but rather endeavor to refine the revelation into the simplest concepts and language. I told you this is really practical stuff. When writing it down, keep it simple. Make it so accessible that even a child can understand it. See, the world loves to appear intelligent, but our gospel is not demonstrated in human wisdom, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to just speak over my family. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to infuse those words and to transform my family. I want to be transformed. I want a fresh revelation. God's revelation doesn't come once and stop. It is fresh. It is new. It is amazing. I love the way Jesus himself preached. He preached in parables akin to a child's bedtime story. I can read Jesus' parables to my kids and they can begin to understand that the kingdom of heaven is like a lost coin. The kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea. It's so simple. That's vision. Likewise, within our homes, the aim should be to practice what we preach and to make the church and the gospel handy as every day as possible. Yes, miracles, spiritual gifts and heavenly intervention, they are wonderful, they are amazing, but they're also made plain. They're made plain simply because we expect them. I expect the miraculous. That's one of the lines in our vision statement on our wall. We expect the miraculous. It does not come as a surprise. This is our everyday. It is made plain in our homes. Point number four, make it visible. So the scripture says, make it plain on tablets. It's called, the word's vision, it's designed to be visible. A flag is designed to be flown high for all to see. When you go to all the work to establish this vision, put it up in a prominent spot in your home, in the living space, so that everybody who comes in, they'll know what you stand for and they'll hold you accountable to it. Encourage a dialogue and meditation around your vision's values. 
Celebrate as a family when your collective vision is realized and refer to your vision during moments of confusion, crisis, and discipline. This is how you instill it in your children. So it's not just on the wall, it's in their hearts. Point number five, I'm just skipping through now because I know it's been long. Multiply in others so that a herald may run with it. A herald is someone that proclaims it. Our vision is, our, is, a, is a legacy. We want our children to have our hope, to have our faith. We want to impart our salvation into them. And so let's speak life about the church. Let's speak life about God. Let's speak forever Jesus in our homes. And let's encourage our children to do the same, to share it with their friends, to reword it. You can use this vision statement. I would encourage you all to go through these five steps and to write out a vision statement for your home. If your children are older, that's fine. You can include them in the process. And in the process, you might realize that there were, you were assuming some things that they might know that perhaps they didn't know. And they might get a better sense of why you do what, what we do as Christians. How good would that be if that was the outcome? Your vision statement is a common reference tool that can prepare your children to one day have their own homes. And I love the idea that when it comes time for them to launch, that you can print out that vision statement and that you can make a big deal about giving it to them. And that one day when they have their own families, you can support them to go through those five steps that we saw in Habakkuk and to write out their own vision statements for their kids, for the next generation to continue that impartation upon impartation yesterday, today, and tomorrow. See, today's service has been about vision in three separate areas, really. The commencement of the INC fast, the 2021 uh, blessing over City Church. So we've got global, we have uh, church-based, and here I've uh, highlighted the importance of visions within your own home where the church hits the road. In working to establish visions with our families, I have faith that forever Jesus can become a mantra, not only in the church, but in our homes. Within the first half of the sermon, I impressed you with the character of Habakkuk. I'd invite you, read it again at home. And the, vision, and, and the discipline of Habakkuk, which was because of his discipline, he was able to receive a special uh, revelation, a special vision. And with the, within the second half of the sermon, we've, we've came up with five practical tools for the vision of your homes. I'm going to say it again. One is to seek God's revelation. Two, to write it down. Three, to make it plain. Four, to make it visible. Five, to multiply in others. I'll get you to close your eyes where you are. Today, I really, um, I really have faith for, um, for, the, for the families that may not have been so good at getting the vision up, that may not have been so good at sharing their faith. And I just wanted to put it out there that if, there is, if there's parents out there right now that need the deep seeds of faith that they planted into their children's life, if they're wanting to see those come back to the surface, if they're wanting to see that break through the hardness of the world, if they're wanting to see those deep seeds of faith shooting with life once more in the lives of their children, then I'd invite you, just lift your hand for a sec.
Yep. Yep. Anyone else? Yep. This is for the next generation. This is to impart what is on you. This is to impart your salvation. Anyone else? Yep. I'm believing that the Word of God that was impressed upon me in this character of Habakkuk that was impressed upon me, I'm believing that it has the power to break through because that's what the Word of God can do. I know it. And so with this special anointing on today's service, I don't want this anointing, I don't want the vision and the anointing service just to be about us here. I want it to reach out. I want it to activate the work that you did, Jesus in you to them. So let's, I'm just going to reach out. I'm just going to pray for you right now. And not only for you, but I'm going to pray for those people that is on your heart. God, I pray for the lost children. I pray for the lost children here, Father, for the faith of the people that raise their hands. And I pray for the lost children, Father, across the entire globe, Father. I pray that wherever the name of Jesus was spoken, Lord, that it set roots deep because that name is great. <laughs> so great. And that it is full of life. And so, Lord, I beg you, save our children, God. Lord, I beg you as Abraham begged you, let our salvation, let our relationship with you be their inheritance, God. Pour out that oil once more. Cause life to come into dead bones. Let that deep seed of faith start bursting once more, Lord. How we delight to hear our children say forever, Jesus. Release the heavens, release your Holy Spirit to do this work, I pray. Amen. Church, I'll get you to stand to your feet. It's been all about vision. And now let's just praise God. Let's just rest in that and praise God.